Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Mega Man X. Mega Man X was developed and published by Capcom in Japan in December of 1993, in North America in January of 94, and in PAL territories in May of 94. Oh, good. Yeah, not a long wait for those guys. Uh, you should uh, need to get this game out there, man. Now, this is the first in the Mega Man series for the Super Nintendo, and it is the first of the Mega Man X series, the first of six total games, I think. Man, yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, I haven't played them all. Nor have I. Now, this game was developed by the core Mega Man team at Capcom. Nice. So, not a lot of uh, new blood in there, people that have been tried and true on the series. Oh, well, it comes through. Yes, this game was also worked on by KJ Inafune, famed Mega Man uh, designer. Yeah, yeah. And oddly enough, though, he did not design Mega Man X. Oh, really? Right. Uh, he was more into Zero, and that was going to be the original protagonist of the series. Huh. But they didn't want to stray too far from the tried-and-true Mega Man license. I gotcha. And his uh, protege, Hayato Keiji, developed X himself and a few of the enemies. Mm. Now, Kaiji did a few enemies, and then so did uh, their newest recruit, Kazunore Tazaki. And then, get this, new hire, Tatsuya Yoshikawa. He designed the sprites for all other enemies in the game. Oh, wow, okay. Now, that guy is the unsung hero of this uh, cartridge, for sure. There's a lot of really good sprites here. Now, this game was to feature a more hardcore storyline. And it was supposed to be a little edgier, now that it was in, in the X universe. Mm -hmm. But during development, they did back off on that a little bit, especially after Zero was taken off the main character roster. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think it's still a little more, you know, edgy, I guess, than the original Mega Man series on NES. Yeah, you definitely see that, I think, in uh, Sigma himself and his characteristics and storyline. Yeah, yeah. Now, the music in this game was composed by what Capcom calls the Alf Lila Group, and they had worked on many of the other uh, Mega Man games. I noticed um, when uh, that there were two different composers noted in the... Uh, metadata tags there and uh, I, I checked them out a little bit because there's a guy one of the guys is from street fighter and the other guy does a, it went on to do a ton of other Mega Man stuff so yeah it was a team that i think at the capcom system was they would use a lot of their music artists on every game well it, i mean I, I i can really hear those two influences here a lot because it's like it's got that street fighter like rocking stuff but it's still catchy Mega Man-y. it's it's great yeah definitely having the full capabilities of the super nintendo yeah. You can yeah. see all those influences kind of bleed together. Yes. Now, the soundtrack was published in Japan in 1994 on CD. Oh, wow. So you can find a copy of that if you'd like. And then some of these songs were also part of a Capcom compilation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, Mega Man X is Capcom's 41st best-selling game. Okay. And uh, it sold 1.16 million copies. Wow. Well, I mean, it's a, it was a big hit, and for good reason. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Mega Man X? It is a 16-bit side-scrolling action platformer. 
I mean, with your, you know, it's a Mega Man game, so there's a lot that comes with that, kind of, that's inferred, I think. Correct. But you know what? You are not Mega Man. No, you're you're just X, really. You are yeah. X. And, good news, you can jump. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, uh, you know, say a light variation of the Mario jump. Yeah, um, you, you'd have a pretty decent amount of control. I mean, especially later when you can start dashing and stuff, but, you know, that's one of the, you know, you can power up not only through defeating enemies and earning their weapons, but also by getting the different capsules that power you up into your, you know, your various, your four different uh, body parts. See our previous uh, episodes on how those boss upgrades work. Yeah, yeah. And that's everyone's favorite part of the Mega Man series, so we'll get into that in just a moment. Mm -hmm. But first, let's talk about these upgrades, because that is new to the Mega Man series. Yes. In the past, you would get um, new options that would help you out, little robot helpers, or you maybe upgrade your Rush, the dog friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. But this one, you actually get full new powers and uh, basically new parts of armor come onto X. And when you get them, you unlock new abilities. Yeah. And for most people, the first one is that dash upgrade. It should be. It's it's awesome. Yeah. You find that in the Arctic Tundra stage. Well, it allows you um, to jump way farther if you do a dashing jump. And I was, I mean, there were so many times where it's just like it became its own special. Like da- if you hit dash and jump at the same time, you can get these huge like can swing out and back in like uh, it's a lot of fun yeah it is essential in finding a lot of the more quote secret areas or yeah. you know harder to reach power-ups for sure and um also i mean straight out of the gate before you even get any power-ups you can still unlike other Mega Mans, you can land on the wall and you kind of stick and slide down yeah so this combined with that gives you a lot of maneuverability that you didn't have before exactly and then uh next up is the armor upgrade and that's pretty awesome it reduces all your damage by 50 percent yeah it's a classic uh gaming uh thing but it much appreciated it is in the uh forest sting chameleon's forest level find it there mm-hmm. there is the helmet upgrade yeah and this just lets you bash through uh certain types of destroyable bricks right in a weird way that uh you know like you can you think you have to be underneath them but you can be on the side of them as well kind of i don't know uh it was kind of tricky but there's only a few spots where you really have to do it you know right this is more for again secret areas yeah you're just getting to a couple things then there is you know my favorite the x buster upgrade yeah this is the real the best one because yeah you you already have you start with your x buster you can charge up like you could in uh, mega man 3 or four. Four. Okay. Like you could in Mega Man 4. Which we didn't discuss. You start with your normal Mega Man arsenal, your normal shooty gun arm, mm-hmm. known as the pea shooter at times. Yeah, yeah. Or X-Buster here. Or X-Buster here. And like four on, you can hold down your button, charge it up, and then shoot off a stronger shot. Yeah, and there's two different levels you can charge it up to mm-hmm. at the beginning. Later, you get a third one, but that's beyond this. Yeah, and... Like the other Mega Mans, you can have three bullets on screen at a time. <laughs> but the X-Buster upgrade, it goes beyond your normal cannon. It has to do with all yeah. your special powers. Yeah, it allows you, all of your special weapons you get from enemy bosses, you can now charge them up to get a secondary effect off of them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and a lot of them are, you know, the first couple times I went through this game, I did not even realize this was a, a thing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, there are several of them that are uh, like more like utility powers, too, that I really think is a neat touch. Yeah, definitely. And then the final upgrade is the hardest, I think, to get. And is also not as useful as you'd want, but still pretty awesome. And that is the Hadouken. Yeah, I, I got that this time. I, I'd never done it before, but okay. it was like, I'm going to, you know, at least try this time. It's not really that tough, you know? It's just more obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched my son do it. I 
never really felt it's the need not to. that useful um because you i mean there's a secret capsule you go through a little rigmarole to get to mm-hmm. that will and then doctor you know on all these capsules it's like doctor you see holograms of doctor well, light well what we forgot to mention is that to get these upgrades you discover a capsule that you walk into yeah, uh, yeah. a little cutscene appears doctor light pops out his hologram and tells you something yeah you're getting upgrades but in this one but yeah, this one he comes out and he's wearing a little karate gi like uh, Ryu, and he tells you uh, he gives you like a s- secret surprise or something, mm-hmm. and you can now do a Hadouken where you know just like in Street Fighter, you you know do the little quarter circle forward, and then you shoot. Yeah, and uh, you'll make a little high pitched little Hadouken, and it's pretty cool. Um, you can only it only works when your life is full, so that's kind of rough, but it will kill anything in one hit. So even bosses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, it is kind of cool. There's only one part of the game where I really used it, but it was really useful. So I bet. Like, I can't wait to hear about that, though. <laughs> like any good Mega Man game, there are a few items you will find throughout the levels. Uh, first and foremost, the little energy capsule, mm-hmm. small mm-hmm. or big pellet yellow, and it refills some energy. Yep, familiar territory here. You also get a weapons capsule. does the same thing for your weapons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, the one-up is still just the head of your main character, this yeah, time X. Classic. But there are a few uh, special items in the game, and they are new or augmented for, I think, this this one. Right, right. Now you have heart tanks. Yeah, um, they look like a glowing kind of robotic heart symbol, um, and it uh, increases your life meter by a little, like, two bars, I think. Yeah, which is very welcome and pretty awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, you start with a kind of a, a shorter life bar than you would think, you know, from past Mega Man games. They start with uh, 16 bars, and you can increase it up to 32, so... Um, that's, you know, you can essentially double your life bar throughout the course of the game. Yes. And I think there's one found in every single level. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, at least of the, the eight boss levels. Right. And then instead of E-tanks in this game, you have sub-tanks. Yeah, these work, uh, they're they're more, they're kind of cooler in a way because it's not just like an item you use once. It's like you have these tanks that you, I mean, you fill them up with energy that you collect. So it's kind of hard to fill them up sometimes. You got to farm around, but. But I prefer them because, you know, it's, you can refill them unlike your old school E-tank, which, you know, you always felt like maybe I don't want to use it here. I can't decide. Well, this one you don't feel as bad because, you know, you can always refill it. Yeah. And, and it's cool because you can use them when they're not entirely full and still get some life out of them. So. It's nice. And you can find four of those throughout the game. And you better, because uh, I tried to anyways. And uh, you also now have a, it's called the escape unit that you can use uh, on any level you've already beaten. If you're revisiting it to pick up stuff you couldn't get to before or something, you can just leave at any time by choosing that from your pause screen. Yeah, there are a lot of um, niceties added to this game. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, you still have, you start with what, three lives, Mm -hmm. standard, and you have a password system as per usual. Yeah, yeah. But they do a couple other things with, like, your super weapons. You can now toggle through them with your (laughs) shoulder buttons. That's a big one, man. That makes a big difference. It is very nice. And then uh, I guess it's a perfect time to then start talking about these special items. Let's do it. All right. Well, in addition to getting a new gun from every single boss or power-up, there is actually one other kind of super weapon that you use in this game, and that is, like, your power armor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like the, these cool mech suits you'll find at certain levels. They're yeah. Rough. I think you only find them three or four times throughout the game, but they are really cool. And it's a fun, you know, little diversion from your normal Mega Man movement. And... Yeah, oh, they're super fun. And they're they're a really good way. I mean, I don't know. There's certain spots that are very easy to farm for life. But I found in these areas when I had these because they'll take quite a few hits before they die. Mm-hmm. 
And especially if you're not fighting other mechs, like it's really easy to farm for life without having to worry about. Because if you get hit, it'll get damaged, but you won't. So right, duly noted. And then uh, let's talk about these weapons. First up, we have the shotgun ice. Yes, yes. Um, this is from Chill Penguin. Mm-hmm. Probably the first boss you fight. We'll talk more about that later, but. It, it is pretty cool. Yeah, it's one of the more useful ones, I think. Uh, it just shoots a, you know, admittedly a little small kind of ice crystal out, but when it hits the wall, it, like, shatters into five of them that shoot backwards towards you at, you know, kind of a spread. Yeah, it reflects off of whatever surface it hits. Yeah, yeah. And it does a quite a nice spread. This is an item that really helps out with jumping creatures or moving around stuff. You don't really have to aim very well with it. Yeah, or if you're going up like shafts or ladders, you can shoot the wall next to you to get something that'll shoot kind of above you if, if something's coming down at you. All right. Pretty useful. Now, it is strongest against uh, Spark Mandrel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Spider, I guess, oh, later okay. on. Yeah, yeah. I also used it against uh, that robot dog at the very end. Velgarder? Yeah, yeah, Velgarder. Yes. Schnell. <laughs> Now, this and every weapon, as we said, has a special charge-up feature. Yes. And this one is pretty awesome. You can create a new platform with it. Yeah, it's like a little ice sled. Yeah. You can, like, push it and stuff, and it'll run into guys. And if it's on a hill, it'll slide down it, and you can ride it. Yeah, I I barely used it this time through, but um, I don't know. Every one of the secondary items, I think, is, like, a more a thing for seasoned vets of the game people have played through it a lot of times and want to try you know doing areas in new ways yeah yeah and that's one of the things that's really cool about this game is it does offer so much replayability for sure yeah yeah next up we have the storm tornado that is obtained from storm eagle himself yeah and it's a it's a really long it shoots a long horizontal tornado looking thing that uh, is pretty useful because it's a huge hitbox and it'll hit things multiple times. It's very reminiscent of Red Tornado's attack from DC Comics. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But it is a really cool looking sprite and like you said, it is so wide that you will hit everything in front of you. Yeah, it's easy to clear out a, a passageway with it. And it is most useful against Flame Mammoth mm-hmm. and uh, any of the large water eels that you have to fight. Oh right, right. Um I didn't personally do it but i guess uh one of the vile his forms is pretty weak against it but uh, i i noticed that after i'd already beat the game i was like oh maybe next time we'll check it out maybe now its charge effect is really interesting because it's almost like the boss use of the item yeah yeah and in many of these Mega Man games when you get their special weapon it doesn't do exactly what they do that right always right. bugged me yeah me too I... <laughs> but i like here that this time when you use your super form of it it does, and you get basically like those tornadoes that fly around you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I don't think I ever even used this really, like for its secondary function. No, neither did I. But you know, I, I tried it to see what it looked like, yeah, and it yeah. looked cool. <laughs> All right, then we have the fire wave, and that is of course obtained by defeating Flame Mammoth. Yep, um, there's almost always a fire guy in a Mega Man game, so you get a big elephant here. It's one of these, like, you can hold it down, it makes a little flamethrower, comes right out in front of you, and you can just, you know, wail on some guys. Uh, It's really good against, like, you know, those big turtle bots or some big immobile things, and it'll just rapid fire hit them a bunch. It's also good for those uh, digging machines in the mines. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because it'll just tear them up real quick. Yes. But it also is useful against uh, Mr. Chill Penguin. Of course. Because, yeah. (laughs) Now, it also has a charge-up effect. 
Yeah, it shoots forth this big, like, fire. It's an actual fire, like, wave that kind of, you know, is up and down. It goes forward. Pretty big. Uh, but it also generous. hugs the floor. Like, it will go over things. Oh, really? And maybe, like, down walls even? I'm not sure. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I, I didn't play around with that one too much either. Sad to say. <laughs> well, I'm guessing you did use the next item a bit, because I know I did. Oh. And those would be the homing torpedoes. Oh, yeah. This... The all-star. <laughs> one of the best, man. Uh, this it's... is the metal blade of the game, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cheap uh, energy-wise, and, you know, it's a homing torpedo that just comes out and seeks out enemies. Uh, how many can you have? Two? Three yeah. on screen? Uh... I think so, but, I mean, if they're close and they're hitting things, you can really start spamming them out. Oh, yeah, and, I mean, this... Uh... Well, you do get it from Launch Octopus, mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. that, but yeah. what were you going to say? Oh, it just, it's a pretty spot-on homing function. Like, I, a lot of other games have homing weapons, but these are uh, some of the best, I think. You know, it actually, you know, targets its way around, rotates, and, you know. Very well animated. This is uh, useful against the character Vile, which we mm. haven't really discussed yet. We'll, we'll get to him when we get through the game story a little bit more. Right, right. And also on Boomer Kawinger. Yes. The best-named character uh, of very, all time. Very weird. <laughs> And, of course, this does have a charge-up effect, and it shoots four giant homing torpedoes. Yeah, these, uh, I just think these look like fish, because they look, you know... Yeah, they look just like the ones that Launch Torpedo uses against you. Yeah, yeah, so they're, uh, they come out both sides, and, you know, I guess this could be pretty useful, because it'll just, you know, they'll go around and, you know, help you destroy everything on screen, really. But you don't really need to if you're no. really spamming that. <laughs> The button on the smaller ones. No, you really don't, yeah. And then next up, we have the Boomer Cutters. And those, of course, come from Mr. Boomer Esiason. I mean, no, Boomer <laughs> Kawinger himself. Yeah, this is a... It's kind of got a weird arc. It's a boomerang. You throw it yeah. out and comes back. Uh, if you jump, you know, it, like it curves up and comes back down if you're on the ground. But if you jump, it curves down. Yes, it's very similar to Cutman from Mega Man 2. Right, yeah. But with a little more uh, range and a little more physics going on with how those boomerangs fly around yeah and um it can also pick up items so it's really useful in that regard as well also like the former boomerangs it's really quick yeah so it's very handy in crowded areas yeah this has some weird things too like it will uh you can use if you use this against the launch octopus you'll cut his arms off oh wow like i didn't know this i i and i hadn't i didn't have it when i fought him the first time but if you hit him like two or three times um you know during the later on boss rush part like that's when i did it but it's like his arms will just fall off you know what actually i did know this because i think my son did that on the last playthrough oh okay because he was using a guide when he got to the boss rush it it was new to me but i was like holy crap this is awesome because then he'll just stop doing that whirlwind attack and he just shoots the torpedoes so right eases him up a bit oh definitely and it is strongest uh, against the Sting Chameleon mm-hmm. uh, and the Pincer robots that you oh, find. Oh, okay. Mini boss. Gotcha. But it does have a charge-up effect. Oh, yeah. It shoots uh, four, uh, like, green big boomerangs out in, you know, up, down, left, right directions. They go out and come back. They're, they're pretty big and strong, but I still rarely used it. Yeah. Again, the original form is so strong and quick, it's kind of hard to go to that super form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, we should say that when you charge these up, they typically use more of your energy meter than a normal shot would. So there's that as well. All right. Then you also have the Chameleon Sting. And, of course, comes from Sting Chameleon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably the least creatively named weapon. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, yeah, 
It's true. It's true. This is my favorite weapon in the game, though. I oh, don't, really? Yeah. I, I want to like it more. It's not really that great, but it's like a good medium range weapon because it, like, it comes out very short range and then splits into three yeah. of these lasers. So if you shoot someone right next to you, it's just hitting them once. Like, right. They have to be beyond this point before it splits out into three. And then by the edge of the screen, I don't know. But it does shoot up at some angles, so you get a, some good range with it, I guess. And because of that, it's good against Storm Eagle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the giant eye nose thing. Oh, right, yeah. But, of course, there is a special charge attack. And it's not really attack. It's an effect, and it's an awesome one. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, if you didn't know, you should, and use it a lot. Because it will make you entirely invisible and invincible. Yeah, you can just hop through all the enemies and totally disregarding safety. Like, it's it helps to... There's a few specific areas later in the uh, final levels where I'm just like, there's no... It's not even worth trying to fight your way through. Just use this and jump past, like... Especially if you're not going to be using the sting in battle against the boss. Right, right, yeah. If you have the energy to spare, use it. Up next is the electric spark. And you get that from Spark Mandrill. Yeah, this is your electro weapon. Shoots out a purple energy bolts. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's very slow. Yeah, um, I mean it's one of the better weapons I think in that it's it's one of the cheapest ones you can afford to you know fire away. And uh, I mean it's cool. It comes out and if it hits a wall, it shoots up and down along it. So you get a little vertical action there. Yeah, so that makes it good for hitting any enemies that do that wall slide as well. Yeah, yeah. And it is the strongest against armored armadillo and Sigma himself. In that, I think the lightsaber form. Mm, okay. Spoilers, we'll get to it. <laughs> and then, of course, charging this up, we'll make more electricity. Yeah, it makes these, uh, well, it makes these little, like, electro walls, kind of, on the, either side of you that yeah. travel out. Like, they're a pretty wide range. It's not bad at all. It's not bad, but also not as useful because you have to charge it up. So, therefore, it's not a quick move you're going to do, you know, against enemies coming at you from both sides. Yeah, I mean, most of these, like... If you have to charge it up to make some kind of weapon, it's like, eh. Like, unless you're planning it ahead of time or there's a certain area where you already know, you're like, all right, this will just clear all these guys out. It's all right. But for the most part, I just stick with the normal ones. Yeah, that's why I really prefer the power-ups that are more of a utility or defensive maneuver. Yeah, yeah, totally. Much like our final weapon upgrade, Nick. Mm-hmm. And that is the Rolling Shield. Yes, the Rolling Shield. It's uh, very similar in uh, some ways to the Bubble Lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Mega Man 2, it's a... You mean the bubble lead. Or lead, however you want to go. <laughs> you're going to lead Zeppelin me. Uh, but, uh, it, uh, yeah, it, it's it's much bigger, though. It's almost as big as you are. It's a big blue shield that comes out, and it'll bounce off walls. Uh, it'll roll around for a little while uh, before it dissipates. Useful. Yeah, I, I really like it, actually. Uh, it's a really... It's a pretty good weapon, relatively strong. You have a little arc, so it's, it's really useful if you're, like, up at the top of a wall or something. You can shoot it off and just let it bounce around and kill some guys. Yeah, and it is strongest against Mr. Launch Octopus himself. Mm-hmm. And then when you charge it up, it makes a little shield around you that will... I mean, when I... Okay, I have a question for you here. Like, uh, when I would read about this, they would say it protects you from projectiles. Mm-hmm. But I was using it, and it was killing enemies with it by running into them. Small enemies. Yeah, little weak ones. So the ones that take more than one hit, it does not. But anything that okay. takes one hit, it'll just destroy. Gotcha, okay. So therefore, it is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, right up there with the uh, Chameleon Sting invincibility, so I use them both to, you know... Cheese through some harder spots? very much so. I don't blame you one bit. Now, I'm not sure when this was introduced into the Mega Man series, but one nice thing about this is that you don't have to hot swap your powers all the time. It will automatically top off 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever the next one down the list is. Yeah, you don't have to keep, whenever you get a weapon capsule or something, it just, you know, I guess, I don't know how it decides which one, but they all go somewhere, and so you don't have to constantly be juggling through your powers to fill them up. It's it's really nice, actually. Yeah, because you are rewarded with a lot of those weapon capsules. So therefore, you know, you could go back and forth, which is easier in this game because you can do it with the shoulder buttons. Yeah, yeah. But it completely removes that headache for, I'd say, usually the first half a level or more, unless oh, there's yeah. one you really specifically want to refill. Yeah if, you're, yeah, if you really need one, you can still do it. But if you don't, it, it's nice. Auto-refill. Thank you, Capcom. And that is also how the sub-tanks work. Yeah. They both have that self-filling feature. It's very nice. Yes. Yes. Well, Nick... What was your personal history with this game? Well, I've played this game uh, quite a few times over the years. I remember renting it. I never owned it, but uh, one of our good friends, Bill, did. So I played a lot with him. You know, I remember renting it and beating it. And, then, you know, it's, uh, it's such a good game. I came back to it many times. Right. And my story is pretty much the exact same. I rented it and really enjoyed it. Uh, played it, you know, at least through that weekend a whole bunch. Yeah. But then rediscovered it at Bill's house. Right, right. And we played that game a lot. It was one of those ones, uh, along with Metal Slug, that Street Fighter, that you just yeah. throw in late at night and watch everyone play for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So then, what was your more recent experience with this game, Nick? I beat this game again. Um, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, I got the Hadoken because I'd never done it before. So I uh-huh. wanted to check that out. So uh, it was uh, good times. We're had by all. How many times did you play it to beat it there? Uh, three times, I yeah. think. Yeah. This is a fairly easy Mega Man game, which I'll discuss later. Yeah, yeah. So I only played it twice. Uh, I beat it. I did not get everything. I did not get that Hadouken, that's for sure. Oh, right. Um, right. Yeah, no, I missed out on one of the sub-tanks and one of the one or two of the heart things. Okay, yeah. I'm Well... Because I was really just rushing through the game, not to... <laughs> To be honest, uh, this week is the tournament for my robot team, I coach. Oh. So pretty busy. But I have played this game a lot in the near past. I beat it, I think, about a year ago. And then my okay. son beat it a month ago. Yeah, I, I should say that, um, you know, I was just going through to start where I was like, I'm just doing this by memory. Right. You know, and see what I remember. And I couldn't, there was a sub tank and a heart that I was like, I don't know where, you know, I know I'm missing this. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get the Hadoken, so I checked and to find them. But well, we'll talk about them later. But And you can revisit any level after you've beaten it. So this game definitely lends itself to going back and getting all those things if you need to. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them you have to. Like, there's just no way to get them the first time through. You exactly. Know? You don't have the right power up. And uh, I did beat the game. And uh, as I said, I did it in two sittings, I think about two and a half hours a piece, maybe. Right on. Well, Nick, this is a Super Nintendo game, and by Capcom, a classy, classy publisher. Yes, yes, indeed. So I'm really hoping we got a top-notch instruction manual. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's 23 pages, full color, of course. Uh, nice. You get a few screenshots, and you get some art of, like, they're basically just character arts of each of, like, X-Zero and the eight bosses that all look really good, you know. But um, that, that's really about it for that. Um, now, the character artwork, we've discussed this before where we're like, are they draw- Are they the drawings that are then used for the pictures? Oh, right. Yeah, I'm not Which sure. Which way do you think it's going on this one? Uh, I think these drawings came first because like, they look like, you know, uh, I kind of mentioned it with Zelda 
in the manual, I was like, I'm convinced there's an anime or a cartoon of this somewhere. Right. That's what these look like straight off a cartoon or like very, you know, finished and professional. Gotcha. And it talks a bit about the story for a few pages, which is given in a neat way where it's just like different little ripped pieces of paper that are like journal notes from Dr. Kane. Yes. Yeah, he's an archaeologist who found X in a capsule, you know, where he was digging. And then apparently he's also a robot scientist, so he was able to repair him. And Well, then... a robot or a reploid, Nick? Yes, well, he used X to build the reploids and... Everyone loves them, and they're cranking them out, and then they start going maverick, so... Or rogue. Yes, so they create these uh, uh, hunters to uh, destroy the maverick reploids, and they are led eventually by Sigma, who's supposed to be the biggest one, you know, to get them all, and then he goes maverick as well. So then Zero steps up to lead the hunters, and X also feels connected to this, so he must go as well to defeat Sigma. So is X uh, sentient during... The time that he's being used to create more reploids. Yeah, well, the, they don't. They kind of gloss over it in the in the brief story, but they do say he that X helped him. So I think so. But oh, this so reminds me a lot of Blade Runner too, with these servant rep, yeah. robot reploids. You know what I mean? I was like, huh. I mean, it's a little more straightforward, and there's no paper unicorns. But I definitely uh, see the connection, though. But yeah, and um, you know, it does. You know, goes through all the stuff we talked about. It shows you all the weapons, uh, the bosses. How to use your, you know, different head, you know, body power-ups and stuff. Okay. The upgrades? Yes, the upgrades. And and then at the end, you get three pages of Mega Man strategy notes. Oh, really? Yeah, you might think those would be tips, but it's just a memo. Oh. It's back, baby. Three pages of memos. But you know what? This is a game that needs it. You've got yeah. passwords you to write do. down. You do. You have passwords and... Uh... And maybe boss orders. Like, yeah. of all the games that really could use a hefty memo section, Mega Man is it. It's true. And Capcom went there for you guys. Man, you know what? That makes me, that makes me really, really appreciate that <laughs> even more. All right, Nick, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And if you were a Mega Man fan and a 90s anime fan, <laughs> I bet you were overjoyed by this game. How could you not be, man? Uh, you know, this was a big like shot in the arm for me, at least for the Mega Man franchise, because, you know, I love two. Three was al almost as good and they kind of trailed off after then. And I mean, I'll be honest, I stopped really playing at five or six. You know, I'd yeah. run them and check it out. But I was like, I've done this all before. Exactly. Well, this really added a lot to it, and I was like, wow, okay, Mega Man's back, and he means business. Well, yeah, just from the very beginning, you know, the visuals of this game, they're not just Super Nintendo detailed. It's not like we have the same characters, but in higher fidelity, as we saw in Mario. Right, right. This is a redesign, and not, you know, a edgier 90s hardcore redesign. Right, right. It's definitely more anime-influenced. Yeah. Uh, Zero's suit, his helmet with his little head spire thing going on oh yeah totally totally man. all of the armor upgrades i mean by the end if you have all of the armor upgrades you look like a you know mecha yeah you're Giver, like a different robot yeah, whatever yeah. i mean that's full-on bubblegum crisis battle suit yeah for real <laughs> and then throughout the game you know sigma uh we've got that another new vile enemy mm -hmm. well he's just a ripoff of boba fett but yeah he really like, has this exact same helmet like yeah he does um you know, those all have a more anime feel to them as well. And I feel like so do the bosses of the game. Yeah, and I mean, 
Here they went with, uh, an, again, a, a great way, I think, to add some more uh, variety into the game where they started using the animal bosses, you know, where you're like, you're not just it's not fire man, man right. you're flame mammoth. So it's like it gives you a little, gives them something to play around with to give them more unique attacks or, you know, some more character that would have been lacking. Whereas, you know, how many flame man, heat man, fire man, you know, right. how many times are you going to go down the source for these... Uh, you know, different adjectives or descriptions of, you know, fire or ice or these various elements, you know? Definitely. And then another thing I really love about the bosses of this game, and I did read that they really went out of their way to achieve this, is that they're all very differently shaped and looking. Yeah. yeah. They cut a very unique profile or silhouette, and they have a very unique um, stance. They're all really different looking robots. Yeah, none of them act the same, you know? Um, No. Which is not... You know, some of the older bosses would have slightly different, you know, AIs, but mostly it'd just be like, well, the room's shaped different, so they're doing different stuff as Correct. they just jump around and shoot at you. But in this one, not only do they all look super different, like you said, they have very different AI, and that really shines through in the way they attack, and their levels are so different. You know, you've got the eagle boss mm-hmm, fight, mm-hmm. where you're on a giant aircraft carrier type thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's much larger than any other boss area you've ever been in before. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, Flame Mammoth has the conveyor belt floor. There's, yeah, there's you know. a lot of interesting, you know, new takes on the boss fight. And then I really enjoyed the enemies, the little sprites. Everything is detailed to a degree that I think is almost perfect. It's not too detailed and has just like three or four levels of color on each thing. Yeah, yeah. They're just shaded so well. This is like almost my perfect fidelity of, you know, 16-bit graphics. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's like, it's not trying to be hardcore, you know what I mean? But it does, it has just enough like uh, little details and circuit lines and stuff to where you're like, this is definitely something I, I wouldn't see on the NES. You know, it's much brighter and, and stuff, but it, it's it's really fun and cool looking. Well, and like you said, it definitely is brighter too. You know, a lot of games when they went to the Super Nintendo opted for a more muted color palette, mm-hmm. and, you know, darker 90s tones. But this one mm-hmm. really pops with all of its colors and its enemies and the bosses. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're really interested in some of that uh, sprite work and stuff, there are some really good resources online that will have just all the sprites pulled out of various games. Oh, yeah, you can break it down. Yeah, and, and just looking at the sprites and animations from this game are just fascinating. Oh, I'm sure, because, you know... Not, aside from just Mega Man and Zero and stuff, like all the bosses are very well animated, you know, and they're all so different that I'm sure there's a lot to, to look at there. Definitely. I know many of us old school gamers uh, are really always fascinated by the fact that a lot of these games had such small development teams. And as we said earlier, all of the bosses and sprites for the enemies of this game were done by four people total. <laughs> four awesome people. Yeah, I know many of us have had fantasies of making our own game or even looked into different ways of pursuing that as a hobby and whatnot. Right. So, you know, looking at the sprites in this and the animations, it's really inspiring for someone like me that has always loved sprite animation and the and the work that goes into it. Sure, sure, yeah. Now, the sound in this game, also top-notch. The sound effects are wonderful. The nope. music is great. But yes. I do have one glaring problem with it. What's that? It's okay. Let me take that back. It's only glaring in how good everything else is, so it makes this seem annoying. <laughs> and it's the same problem we started running into with Mega Man 4, and that is the charge sound. Oh, right, yeah. I feel like it just really takes away from everything else going on. That's true. Especially with my play style. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you keep it charged all the time? I feel like I'm wasting myself, wasting time if I'm not, you know? Yeah. And then you're forced to listen to that ring. Now, unlike Mega Man 4, it doesn't take away channels of the right, music. Right, right, yeah. But it's still annoying to just have it on all the time. Well, and, you know, we should say that this is, you know, some of the best uh, Super Nintendo music in my eyes anyways. Like, ah, this is really, like, rocking. You, like, you can hear now where it's, like, before... As much as I like the chiptone music and stuff, it's interesting here to hear this, you know, Mega Man soundtrack where you're like, that is a guitar. Yeah. It's not just an equate, you know, a version of a guitar on an 8-bit system, you know? Yeah, I really think that they took full advantage of the Super Nintendo's, uh, its sampling powers. Yeah, And yeah. they used it really well to simulate all these different guitar and drum samples. It just really sounds like a, a rock album in many ways. Yeah, it's just good music to just roll in and just kick some robot butt to, man. Definitely. I think uh, it's easy to see how bands like Omega 64 and others have taken the Mega Man music from the earlier games up through here and turned it into some really wicked metal tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about the backgrounds in this game, Nick. Yeah, I feel like the backgrounds are a little lackluster. Yeah, that's the one part of the graphics yeah. <laughs> that I, I was like, they're there. They're very serviceable. They tell you what's going on, but there's nothing extra. Everything else has a pop, has some little yeah. other thing they do. It's just not there. And in any other game, I wouldn't really complain, but it it's just true. sticks out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does. I like The only one I really remember remarking as to really liking was at the very end of the Armored Armadillo stage, you fly off that big jump, you know, oh, that yeah. thing, and there's that big like waterfall valley. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. Yes. But that's the only one. So. And you only see it for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. What a tease. Right at the end of the level. And another awesome thing about this game over, you know, before we'd seen Mega Man with the slide and his rush stuff, but mm-hmm. here you get, you know, when you get your leg upgrade, you get the dash, which is probably one of my favorite dashes ever in any yeah, game. Yeah, like, it's very responsive and useful. It works just like I always think it would, right in my mind. Like, And since you have the wall climb, like you get this... You're way more maneuverable than Mega Man ever was before. And I don't think we really went into enough detail on how that wall climb works. Yeah, you'll, you know, you'll just grab onto a wall and start sliding down, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you can keep hopping up to, you know. Climb the wall. Yeah. um, You're not just pressing up and down to climb, but it's very easy and you can, you know, back and forth, jump your way up a shaft or. Mm -hmm. And then once you add that air dash to it, well, the dash, and the dash can be done in the air, which is the. You have, yeah, it'll make your jump way, way more. uh, It'll give you way more distance to your jump. Well, yeah, if you do that timed thing where you dash then jump at the end of it, you have like the super jump. It's that, amazing. I was, uh, that's, I use my, you know, you can map your buttons any way you want in this mm-hmm. game, which is nice. And uh, I moved mine around so that I was able to keep my, do the piano style, which I know you think is crazy, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, what I, we're referring to is that in some games, Nick plays with his right hand, not holding the controller, but hovering over it. And pressing down with his fingers as if he was playing a piano. Yeah, well, I mean, it comes from the Street Fighter controller. It's like, for certain, like, I can really, it's just way easier for me to nail the dash and jump together in time. Like, if I'm holding down my charge and I'm like, like, doing these, I don't know. It works for me. And but More power to you. Well, that sucks, because I really do give up the R button. So I was only toggling my powers one way. Gotcha. Not quite as good, but, uh, you know, it helped me a lot. And, like, there's certain areas, especially, like, in the underwater level where you're, like, dash jumping and you're floating, like, and you're just oh, flying you around go forever. You know, and fighting those uh, those big underwater snake guys. It's just, it's a it's a real delight. I love it. Some of my favorite uh, battles in the game. Yeah, and overall, I will say that the controls in this game are really, really smooth. Very responsive and, and 
just a dream. They do anything you really want them to for the most part. Yes, they do, man. We should have warned you in the beginning, but we didn't. Hopefully you read the title and you realize that this is only part one of a two-part series. Yeah, Mega Man X is an all-time classic that really deserves the extra polish for two episodes. And I'm not going to lie, I did mention that I'm so super busy right now. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm kind of sick. You might be able to hear it. Come on, guys. Now, uh, I would also like to take this time to apologize to our viewers for our episode being a little late last week. As we've mentioned many times, we are just a two-man tag team, (laughs) a small crew here that doesn't have a lot of fancy equipment or anything. So, you know, every once in a while we run into some technical difficulties and things get set back a bit. Yeah, flying by the seat of our pants. Which brings me to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cartridge command. We are supported by some wonderful people that give us money every month so that we can make this show happen. They are all awesome. Every one. They are truly the, the heart containers that, that <laughs> refill us every week. But you can always find out what's going on with the show on Facebook at Cartridge Command. A lot of people have been sharing great memories of their time playing these games with us, and we love it. Yeah, we eat it up, man. We always let you know when the new episode's out on Twitter at Cart Command. You can email us. Where, Nick? Oh, at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. I mean, you could talk to us about anything there. Like, maybe we missed something or got something wrong, you know. You want to clue us in on the Hodag Festival? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. Or any other uh, cryptozoological festival <laughs> you may know of. I'm yeah. down for any of them. The whole spectrum of cryptos. Yeah, did you know that the Bayou region of Louisiana has their own werewolf-type creature? Oh, really? Really. Down in New Orleans. So, maybe you know of a festival featuring that thing. Let us know. Yeah, that's an order. So, guys, if you haven't picked it up yet, find your copy of Mega Man X. Play along any way you can. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game on! That's the noise of a captain, not a general. Sorry. Yeah. Ten hut. General <laughs> chat. General chat. Actually, that's what I think of every time I write it down in my notes. <laughs> it literally said that exact way. That's awesome. So, 